A Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Welcome to another episode of The Wellness Collective. So happy to have you back. Oh, yes. It's great to be here in the studio making the magic happen. Um, you know, creating healthy habits around food is something that I've come to prioritise. Mm. And I must say that it's really interesting. I feel like I turned a corner, turned 40, and that part of my life is just kind of not habit, but it's, well, it is habit, I guess. It ticks along. It It just ticks along. I don't really, I mean, there's certainly other parts of my life that aren't ticking along, but that part of my life does just tick along. And I, I, it takes, I don't, when it just clicks, it clicks, I think. Mm. Took me 40 years though. Oh, annoying. Kale chips all the way. Well, better late than never, I guess. Our guest today has plenty to say about being a woman and what we can do in our woman bodies. Yes, in our lady in our lady gear. Our lady armor. <laughs> lady, lady gear. <laughs> I like that. In our lady armor. <laughs> I like Let's a lady just armor. let her introduce herself before we get ourselves in trouble. My name is Susan Hyatt. I'm a master life coach and an author, and I help women stop dieting. Obviously, most of us have some type of story as to how we got to do what we're doing. What was it for you that got you into this niche? Yeah, absolutely. So... I was a burnt out, overworked real estate agent. Oh, that sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was was zero fun. (laughs) I was was living the opposite of my best life. Don't get me wrong to any real estate agents out there, but I mean, it takes a certain type of person to be able to do that. And I wonder how many there are that are burnt out because it's quite a demanding job. It's quite a demanding job and I and I do have a lot of love for the industry but it was a great example of just because I was good at it didn't mean I had any business doing it. It really wasn't my calling and because I was outwardly showing success but inwardly quite miserable, I was overeating and not exercising and definitely not living my best life. So I started reading self-help books and figuring out what I could do differently in my life. And I decided to become a life coach after some great changes happened. And it was after I became a coach that I had an extra 35, 40 pounds on my frame. And I knew that I was emotionally eating. I knew that I was using wine in the afternoons to cope with stresses and raising kids. And I hired a weight loss coach. And through that journey, I decided if I could recover from being a couch potato and a woman who was eating fast food three times a day, I could really help a lot of women do the same. And so- About 11 years ago, I started working with women on food and body. And through that journey, I noticed that where I really stood out in the industry was helping women love the skin they're in, whether they lost weight or not. Mm. Can I ask you about being a mum, that part of it? I mean, how long after your children were born did you get to this point where you thought, oh, I can't, I've got to change things up? So my kids were six and eight when I became a coach. They were about five and seven years of age when I started reading self-help and hiring my own coach. And, and honestly, I had a lot of guilt and shame around it because I 
picked a career where I thought I could set my own hours. We all know that real estate agents are on call 24 seven, but I wanted to pick them up from school. I wanted to do the after school mom thing and I found myself not enjoying it. And so I had a lot of guilt and shame around that, that I had set up my whole life so that I could be there for these kids. And then I was bored and feeling depleted and stretched too thin. And so um, they're 20 and 18 years old now. You've done well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're alive. (laughs) I think it's really interesting. I just looked at Nat and I said, that's the age of my kids. It's um, it's interesting that they were that age to me. That that was the point where you turned it around because that um, when you have small children and if you're juggling career and you know all the the demands of things like you know being up in the night because they're sick and they're not babies anymore, but it's so full on. You can end up putting yourself at the very bottom of the pile of things that are priorities in your life. And I think it's, yes. it's really great to hear other people's stories that they too were having a glass of wine in the afternoon to be able to get through it. It wasn't the best happy hour. I mean, I was eating, you know, a wheel of brie and washing it down with wine and thinking I was treating myself. Yeah, right. I was a high end overindulger, (laughs) but nevertheless, it wasn't good for me. And it, and it really woke me up. My kids, um, I love them so much and I owe so much to them. And we've all as a family been on this journey together. But, you know, when they were five and seven years old and and I was doing Girl Scouts and football practice and, you know, pajama day at school and all the things that moms do, I found myself, like you said, putting all of my needs at the bottom of the list and the book Bear is really about helping a woman prioritise herself. I'm on your Facebook page at the moment having a look um, and your book is literally just released, right? Today is the day. Oh, it just I know dropped what that feels today. Like. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big yeah, deal. It's a, it's a big day. I went to my local bookstore to purchase it, even though I have probably 100 copies in oh, my no, house. You've got to buy, you buy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you sign it for yeah. yourself just because? <laughs> I did. I signed all of them that were at my local bookstore and then bought one and I thought it was so hilarious. I'm like, okay, well, now I have my own signed copy. I um, My book released and I actually do not have a copy. I actually get gifted my last copy <laughs> away. It. I know, but I've got a book signing tonight and I'm going to go and literally buy copies from the bookstore. How dumb is that? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so funny though. What was your body image like when you were at this point where you were like overwhelmed eating the brie and the wine and and what did you think when you looked in the mirror? Well, I definitely wanted to hide and I purchased clothing just to cover up and I remember thinking, you know, I just want to look quote unquote acceptable. And it was really a point in my life where I was deleting myself from photos, from situations and not putting myself out there in an authentic way because I was embarrassed about how I looked. And I have a lot of compassion for that woman that I used to be because she was just doing the best that she could. And, and, 
most of the women that I work with have some form of shame around how they look or how they're aging. And I'm really out to disrupt that pattern. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, actually, were you saying that you were deleting, like, you know, what you didn't like or see. I think that that's, that's fascinating when you actually look back and think of it. At the mm. time, it was obviously a coping mechanism. It was such a coping mechanism. And I, and I was so busy doing everything for everyone that... I was an afterthought mm-hmm. and I didn't think that I deserved to prioritize how I looked. And I even had thoughts about women who did prioritize um, working out and taking care of themselves. I remember having such a negative opinion of women that that worked out. I remember uh, calling them workout queens and they're so shallow and I have better things to do. <laughs> um, but on but on the other hand, I was also calling myself lazy for not doing it. So I put myself in a no-win situation, which I think is pretty common for women. I think this conversation though, between all women from everywhere all over the globe is so important and we are getting somewhere with it. And your book is obviously going to add to that. I mean, I've got a couple of friends that are the gym junkie sort of, and I'm not that Mm -hmm. person, but I Mm -hmm. getting to know them and realizing why they want to do that. It's, it's about, you know, empowering themselves and they actually really enjoy Mm -hmm. the exercise and stuff. And while we Mm -hmm. don't look similar, you know, we've got a different outlook Mm -hmm. on life. We have so much in common. And I think it's so interesting to identify what works for some people is okay for them. It doesn't have to be for you. Exactly. I mean, I think that, you know, women, we're, we are conditioned to be in competition with one another and we're conditioned to think that our value is our appearance. And so it doesn't really matter what arena it is. It could be breastfeeding or not breastfeeding or homeschooling or traditional schooling or exercise or not or work in the home or work outside the home. Women are constantly battling and bickering amongst ourselves. And this process really is about bringing a woman home to herself, but also creating a circle of sisterhood so that we we take away the need to judge and manipulate and fight with one another and instead empower and lift each other up. How do we actually start to get rid of then what is weighing us down emotionally? Because when you're in, and I know it takes that turning point and I know it takes, you know, you're going to have that epiphany, mm. but how is it, mm-hmm. you know, what do, what do we actually need to do to get rid of what's weighing us down? Well, the first step of the bear process is something that I call environmental detail. Or I sometimes refer to it in the book as environmental diet because women are typically so consumed with what they're putting in their mouths or not putting in their mouths. This is really about becoming awake to what are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? What's coming at you through all your senses? And so it's really similar to being a detective in your own life and paying attention to what am I tolerating? And, you know, why am I watching or reading this or entertaining another diet conversation in the lunchroom? And can I curate and prioritize things that lift me up rather than weigh me down? So the first step in freeing up some of that energy is curating and getting rid of things that weigh us down. And it takes a little bit of time to pay attention and figure that out. Don't you think that's going to be the thing of of this year, the 2019 buzz is like clearing out 
clutter from your life, whether it's physical, mm-hmm. emotional feeds on your Instagram. Yeah, it's like Marie Kondo <laughs> has just taken over our entire life. But I think it's it's there is something in it because even it's relationships. I mean, I know um, if you think about in the past, you might have had people in your life that have not been good relationships for you and have made you feel bad about yourself or toxic to some degree. And that cutting that off can be so emotionally freeing. So I think we're kind of getting there with a lot of stuff in our life. I absolutely agree. And Marie Kondo is actually included in a couple of parts of the book, um, including when I talk about the closet, because I'm a huge fan and I absolutely agree with her question, does this spark joy? Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at all of the elements of your life and asking if people, if conversations, if foods, if wardrobe sparks joy, absolutely it's about clearing that stuff out. And it does create a sense of freedom because no longer are we in a in the backseat position of just tolerating what's coming at us, but we're in the driver's seat of saying, you know what? I don't want to have music on in the car. And guess what? I don't want to have another boring conversation about macros and calories. <laughs> and, you know, it, it changes the conversation quite literally. Mm, it's really interesting. I find that, you know, I think you're right. We're all at this tipping point. Mm. Of you know, yeah. Well, I think it's it's more that it's become a conversation that people are are having and realizing that it's actually okay to get rid of things from your life, whatever that be. Whether mm. like I even went through my Facebook the other day and just deleted a whole lot of stuff off it. I thought mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I, mm-hmm. I spent like five minutes and just went delete, delete, delete. And I thought, mm. wow, that felt really good. I know, right? <laughs> really made totally. no difference, probably yeah. in the greater scheme of things, but it <laughs> made, made me feel you good. Feel better. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's good. I think that's good. What are your tips for dealing with stress? Because stress is something that us women, we tend to collect, I think. Oh my gosh. It's it's rampant. And anxiety, I think, is actually on the rise. And you mentioned social media a minute ago and deleting things off of your social media. And having kids that are 20 and 18, when I talk to my 18-year-old daughter about social media, um, Instagram and Snapchat, the even though younger kids understand that Photoshop and filters are what's happening, it still creates anxiety and stress, that whole compare and despair. So I do think curating your social media and your news feeds with things that feel good can help reduce stress. But beyond that, um, movement is something that even though before I was talking about being a couch potato and making fun of people who exercise, it's become an integral part of my life, not a transactional relationship, meaning I'm only going to work out if I have Jennifer Lopez's booty by Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, right? It is more, I'm going to work out because it reduces stress, because it helps my mental health. And I think most women who are juggling the world, right? If we think about, have you two heard um, or seen the article going around that talks about the invisible workload of women? Yes. 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 Tell me, I haven't. It's incredible. Fill me in. It's the mental load of being a woman. Yeah. So when my kids were five and seven, when we started this story, um, I would say to my husband, 
I, I understand that you think we have an even workload here, <laughs> that we both work outside of the home and that you think we have the home duties divided up evenly, but we don't. And I couldn't ever articulate what that meant until this article came out. And it basically talks about how women are the keepers of all the things in their homes, mm-hmm. in their communities, in their offices. We know where everything is. We do the heavy emotional lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, we know when the dog needs to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. We know what sippy cup the kid likes. Yep. You know, we tend to be the glue and that is a separate part-time job that has been dubbed the invisible workload of women. It's incredible. So where my husband would say, I took out the trash, I would say, yeah, <laughs> you took out the trash. And I've also been juggling emotionally everything else happening in the family. So there's no wonder women are stressed. And when women are stressed and aren't prioritizing their pleasure, their needs, exercise tends to be one of the first things to go out the window, but it tends to be something that's so needed to manage all that emotion or it gets stuck in our bodies. And so I would say, in addition to curating your environment, movement is a huge part of stress reduction, as is mental hygiene, which is dealing with all of the thoughts that we're thinking that aren't serving us. Oh, this is good. I think that trying to find a space to break is <laughs> difficult because we want to keep on talking about this, but we will be back just after this. In this episode of The Wellness Collective, we're speaking with Susan Hyatt. She's the author of a book called Bear and a Life Coach. I think we could all do with one of them at some stage. It'd be good if you could just get one. I would like one. a few. Uh, yeah. Can different I have a couple? Different aspects. Yeah, like every corner. Yeah, but people probably think you're their life coach. Yeah. Watch out. Someone said that to me the other day. Could you do something? I can't remember what it was. I'm like, yeah, I'm the taxi driver. <laughs> I could be your healthcare professional. And mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. It was something really random. Probably. Yeah. I like to do that. Let's get back to Susan. You know, it's almost like all these things that you're talking about is this glue that we talk about is actually our intuition mm-hmm. and you can't emulate that. There's no. nothing that can emulate that. So it's just, I guess, it, having this level of awareness, for us at least, I think is important. But how do we enrol our partners into that? Mm. If they don't know what they don't know and they're not living in our bodies, I don't know. I even don't think just, you can. No, I think they just, they've <laughs> got to just agree to agree. But we can know agree. it about each other. And that's I think right. that's the interesting thing, right? Yes. I want to come up with a mm-hmm. hand signal, like, you know, in um, Hunger Games, <laughs> you know, in the Hunger Games, how they yes. have their like hand signal to, yeah. to say, yes. you know, I'm on your team. I want to come up with one for mothers in particular, but women in general. Like if you're in a, a shop and you see a kid having a tantrum and the mother's standing there just going, I don't know what to do. do. Everyone's judging me. Like you you want to be able to do this hand signal that says, I've been there. I know it. It's not your fault. I've got your back. Yeah, right. Yes. Well, yes. Okay. Let's. You, you can start that movement. Let's start that movement. I don't know what the hand signal it's is. It's the finger up movement. I don't think. I think it's like the heart. Oh, you think it's the I heart? I think it's like a little heart. Right. Oh, <laughs> I know. That's so sweet. I think that as I'm going on this book tour, I'm talking about the invisible workload of women and talking about how I really feel like Bear is an antidote to that invisibleness and. And most women with tears in their eyes are like, yes, yes. All women know what we're talking about when we explain this. They're like, absolutely. And so then it's like, okay, we can't. So case in point, 
when that article came out a couple of years ago, I sent the article to my husband via email and I said, hey, all those years ago when I was really trying to articulate this, this author does it beautifully. And there's even a cartoon with it that (laughs) illustrates it. And he emailed me back within five minutes. And I kid you not, he said, but I just took out the trash this morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, it's okay. I didn't share they, it with mine. They, I don't know if they can understand, but like you said, as women, we understand and we can support one another. And a process like this can help bring a woman home to herself to prioritize herself and not count on other people getting it. She gets it. Therefore, she's curating and changing her life. It's good. I I really like this. I think it's excellent. What's the knock-on effect on our lives if we actually don't do this, do you think? Well, here's what I notice. And in working with thousands of women, When I help a woman become free from food and body drama, all of a sudden she feels like a time creator. And that's the number one thing women complain about is I don't have time to think about myself. I don't have time to go after bigger goals. Mm. And so if we are able to help a woman stop obsessing about food and body, all that mental energy can now be directed towards expanding her life and going after the raise or starting her own business or whatever it is she wants to do. And so when we're when we're not doing these things, our lives as if we're focused on shrinking our bodies and that's it, our lives shrink in comparison. <laughs> I'm just going, this is awesome. Sorry. (laughs) I think the good thing about it too is it's not, like you say, it's not just focusing on getting thinner or fitter. You know, it's actually about acknowledging all of that stuff that is is Mm -hmm. stopping women from being able to do exactly what they want. And it's not, and I mean, if you look back over the centuries, probably none of that has changed a great deal. It's just that we're expected now to be able to have a a career outside of the home and also run the home and do all those invisible jobs and, you know, keep yourself well and have a regime where you're going and doing yoga. And like, it's just the mental load of all that makes us all kind of fall over at some stage, I think. You're so right. This, this book is not about weight loss. It's about life gain. And I spent many years helping women lose weight, but the deeper issues are what this book is about. And so, yes, a byproduct of the bear process can be that you lose weight without dieting, but it's the bigger thing of expanding your life and being free from the need mm. of your body looking a certain way to feel amazing. Yeah. Hey, um, do you practice gratitude? Is that something that you do? Yes, I am a huge proponent of practicing daily gratitude. Sorry, <laughs> Nat's stomach is grumbling like it's- Like really loud. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You need to feed that dog. I know I'm hungry. Yeah, she's been too busy doing everything else this morning. Um, no, the reason I ask is um, I was talking to a friend of mine who has done quite a lot of yoga training and stuff. And I said to mm-hmm. her that the other day, I was like, oh, I'm not coping very well. And she said, well, I just practice gratitude and that's what gets me through. And I thought, mm. sounds so simple. You know but the, yeah, that's, it, I, I it is right there. nice to take five minutes and just say, actually, let's step back and look at the good things, mm. especially when the, everyone seems to be so angry all the time. 
and negative. Mm. Like, you you know, you go out in the car and people are yelling at each other. You know what, I read something about this yesterday or I was watching something online yesterday and someone was saying that, you know, just that example, like Mm. someone, if somebody in the car is is outraged at you or angry or whatever and is road raging or whatever, I mean, imagine how small their problems are if that's what they're focused (laughs) on. Like, really, if we all just look at it and go, I've got other stuff to worry about. Exactly. But I just think it's really interesting. You're right. But I think that a bigger step of that is having the perspective to go, oh, gosh, you poor thing, if that's what's really, uh, you know, bothering <laughs> yeah. you today and being then reminding yourself that there's so much more that, you know, I think that's really, uh, I don't know that we see it that way, but I think no. that we need to. I, I agree with you. And I think that for me, practicing daily gratitude when I was like I mentioned before, burnt out, overworked, pretty miserable. It really helped build up my ability to think different thoughts about my life. And and even now, it's really impossible to feel gratitude and frustration or anger or something negative at the same time. So Mm. practicing gratitude can really disrupt a mental spin cycle that you're on. And and it's like, you know, I love that. It's so cliche, though. I think that's where a lot of people go, oh, gosh, mm. really? <laughs> but it's like Pam Grout. Um, we spoke to Pam Grout and her idea of, you know, you start every day of by saying, today's going to be awesomely amazing. And it sets your mind mm-hmm. in a way where you go, okay, well, I'm expecting it to be great now. You're not like, oh, I didn't it's sleep true, well. Oh, I can't be bothered going to work. Like the, you don't start the day with, with a flurry of kind of negative thoughts. Do you find that through this bear process, have you become less self-conscious about what you do. I know that if you if you look at the website for the book, and I'm assuming in the book itself, there's lots of pictures of of women of all shapes and sizes in their mm-hmm. undies. Um, yeah, quite happy to to show what they look like, which I just think is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had an example on Friday where I was in a TV commercial and only found mm-hmm. out about it on Thursday night. Um, and one of the scenarios was that it was like doing exercise in, in the park with a personal trainer. So I I found myself on Friday morning in 37 degree heat, which is, you know, really hot, uh, wearing active wear and no makeup because they said, oh, no, no, we don't want makeup on you. You've got to look real. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> with a beetroot face. And I'm like, this is going to be yep. on a TV commercial. Oh, my gosh. And hilarious. they even sprayed extra sweat on me. Oh so gosh. I thought, you know what? So you look like a, actually like a menopausal, <laughs> not that you're that old, but you would have looked like you were menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh, well, I, I'm here now. I'm, I'm just going to have to go with it. Own it. And I bet you rocked it. Oh, I rocked it because I didn't care. But I just think when it comes out on TV and people see it, they'll be like, oh, that's mildly humiliating. But, you know, I, I had a, we have to try and encourage more people to accept that what's the worst that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I mean, I, I, first of all, amazing that you were in a commercial <laughs> and that you're able to be like, whatever, here I am. I don't care. Um, I think, I think most women really do care and in a way that is detrimental to themselves because, you know, with filters and airbrushing and um, Botox and you name it, I, I really feel like I'm 45. And as we age, I think especially in the United States where I live, we're going to lose trace of what 
an aging body and face actually looks like. Oh, absolutely. Like Helen Mirren, she's my poster woman for aging. Oh, yes. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And so I think that, you know, to answer your question, sometimes I forget how far I've come until someone says, um, I was doing a television interview and we sent over a media kit that included a link to a bunch of photos of me in my underwear and me in that bathtub, like on the front of the uh, front of the book. And the, the producers were like, well, you know, they were sort of hesitant because of their audience to use them. And I was like, oh yeah, right. Because a lot of people would be really uncomfortable with that. I forgot. Um, but I used to be the opposite. And it it really has been a dedication to all of the steps of this process and and thinking thoughts that support me rather than mean girl thoughts that we're so prone to. I love this idea. I know we're almost out of time, but do you think that the reason that we're like this, mm. who who's to blame? I actually think it's our, ourselves and other women. Like women put the pressure on women. Mm. It's not men putting pressure on us. So if, no, they are, they, if they are, we're just like, you're a loser. They're happy if we've got boobs. <laughs> yeah. They, really <laughs> they just want to fondle the boobs. <laughs> no matter what shape or size, they're perfect. <laughs> mm. That's right. They're not fussy. It's, it's, but I think it's us. I think we I do think it so. to ourselves. Like we do it to each other. And mm. I think the more we can talk about this and it'll be a little bit like Me Too movement, like Me Too, a bit like what you were saying before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where mm-hmm. it comes from. So be kinder to ourselves and be kinder to each other, I think. I and think, and yeah. I think also too, um, like with your book, Susan, and your book, Nat, you're talking to the next generation of young women coming through and saying to mm-hmm. them, you mm-hmm. don't need to be ashamed. You don't need to be looking in the mirror and critiquing yourself every time you, you know, turn mm-hmm. around. You, just be yourself because you're great the way you are. And mm-hmm. it sounds like a cliche, but it's it's actually true. I mean, what can your body do? All these amazing things. So concentrate on those. Don't worry mm-hmm. about the fact that maybe your bum is bigger than what Someone you would like there. it to be. It's oh, always what you would like it to be. Pretty I sure Kim Kardashian doesn't look in the mirror and go, oh, my bum's too big. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She's made she's quite a lot life. of money off of yeah, that. Yeah, she's like, my yeah. butt could just stay like this and I'll keep making the money. I do not get it. So funny. At all. Um, I, we love all of this and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Do you want to just let our listeners know where they can access you, your work and your book? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. The website for the book is letsgetbear.com. And as you mentioned, I'm very active on social media at Susan Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T. I just found you actually and tagged you. Ooh, watch out. <laughs> I Connected. love that. I love it when we can connect with people all around the world. Thank you yes. so much, Susan, for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed talking with Susan. I think that just that whole idea of women's intuition mm is such a powerful and amazing thing. The more we can nurture that, I think, you know, I don't know that we're ever going to make the other sex fully understand and maybe that's just part of it. I think that is just part of it. You know, what do they say? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I think that is true in a lot of ways. But that's okay. We can support each other and I do think that's part of the reason that we're here. Absolutely. 
That's why we're called the Wellness Collective. It should be the <laughs> Leddies Wellness Collective. But no, that, you know, the other thing before we do go, um, I actually am thoroughly enjoying reading out these reviews because I am, my love language is definitely yes. affirmations. Oh, totally. Yeah, if you tell me that I've done something that's changed your life or that's, mm. you know, even if it's been... Made you smile, doesn't yes. even have to change no, your life. Cha- I mean, that's fairly grand. Well, no, but, you know, when someone messages me that yeah. and says, oh, my, you know. Whatever. That's massive. I sound like now I'm tooting my own horn, which I'm not. I'm just saying that brings me so much joy. Of course. It really makes me, it picks me up and helps me get on with my day. Um, so please keep the reviews and ratings coming. We love them. This one here, you know what was really interesting? What? Someone's rated our, um, uh, specifically to the episodes about keeping our children safe, which we were a little bit like, oh, how's this going to roll? Mm. Because it is a bit of a dark topic and we did try and make... Uh, not light of it because it's serious and it should be discussed of course. in a serious way, but we wanted to make it accessible. informative and yep. accessible. Yep. Exactly. So someone has left a um, review around that and it says, hey, guys, I really enjoyed listening to this series. And they were It's titled Keeping Our Children Safe. So yep. they're referring to those two episodes. I think this message is just so important and, like you said, often swept under the carpet. As a survivor myself, I found your dad really positive to listen to. He really hit the nail on the head with the behaviours to look out for and to just be vigilant. I love listening to you guys. Keep up the great work. Yay! Affirmation. Yeah. Look, I think, do you know, it's so interesting because people come up to me now and then and they say, oh, I listen to your podcast and I always get this little moment where I go, oh, I hope you liked it. (laughs) You did? What did (laughs) I say? (laughs) Oh dear, which one? Um, And I think since that one was published, we've had more, I've had more people approach me and yeah. say, I have never thought about it that way. Good. That was amazing. That was the whole intention behind that. So we love that. Hooray. Yes, great. Thank you once again for joining us. You know where to find us and yes. leave one of those reviews and it may get read out. Um, we love also feedback on the Instagram page. So Collective The Wellness, you can always come, yep. jump on there, give us any feedback, yep. give us, you know, just... See who the guests are, yeah, what they look that. like, put yes. a name to a face, most all of, of that. Most of the time, most of them, we get their picture, not always, but mm. mostly. Yes. Until next time, we hope that this has made you feel a little happier, healthier and better in your lady armour. <laughs> Thank you.